The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty with you at four minutes past nine. It's Monday morning, the 17th of January 2022 and we're glad to have your company today. It is a beautiful, crisp, chilly morning outside. No, no idea why I'm still wearing my coat, but I am. I feel like Doctor Who <laughs> FM. Uh, we're here till 10 as always and it's great to have you with us this Monday morning. I'm, I, I was, I'm still struck by what I was watching yesterday afternoon on the television, which was the coverage of the handover of Dublin Castle, the 100-year anniversary of the handover of Dublin Castle, uh, the transfer. It's funny that they, we were talking about the language that we, they were using and, and it, they were discussing it yesterday afterwards in the commentary, how Michael Collins and friends went along and talked about the surrender of Dublin Castle to Ireland and the British <laughs> dignitaries referred to it as a transfer of power, which is a very different language altogether. But the ceremony yesterday... And the sun dappled cobblestones of Dublin Castle um, yesterday around one thirty, two o'clock was so beautiful and so dignified and so elegant that I just wanted to mention it this morning. I don't know, um, whoever put it all together, hats off. Uh, it was it was beautifully uh, treated and there was, it, there was solemnity and there was a great... I felt very proud, I have to say, watching it, particularly when the Irish flag uh, was flown... Um, at full mast and uh, around the Vian was sung and the president and the Taoiseach and all of the various um, cabinet members were there and and guests, obviously. Um, and uh, then Phelan Drew. It was, it was exceptional. I don't know if you haven't seen it, I don't know if it's available to watch in the player to look back at it. I presume it is because it really is quite something. And again, it's one of those, if I was a history teacher, I'd show that today and then I'd get a school tour going on when things are... Yeah, allowed and go to Dublin Castle and, and just look at it because it was so great. Phelan Drew comes along and again uh, beautifully done and he stands in the in the in the yard and talks about what happened and but his delivery was perfect. He wasn't it didn't feel like he was acting. It felt sincere. He looked great. It looked like he might have been a a, a member of Charles Stuart Parnell's crew. He had the beard and the 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 hair was slicked back and the shirt and tie with a jumper underneath. Very classy looking and a really well delivered take on um on the on the anniversary as i say but it was just a it was just a beautiful very emotional um piece of of history and television um so i would urge you to watch it back the 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 the, the hunt is on in mayo isn't it for the the winning locket the lotto um winner the ticket winner and i heard uh, at one stage somebody was telling me on a saturday that uh, a, a, a scene in one shop had somebody looking for six thousand euro worth of of lotto lines, which took forty five minutes to register because I mean that's like Wonka bars, you know. If you, and then it was one on a quick pick. After all, <laughs> you know people have their magic numbers and their special numbers, and just give us a quick pick and go. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, that'll be of uh, of great interest to to, to everyone. Um, so we'll see. Um, a report by Oxfam shows. 20 new billionaires were created in Asia throughout the pandemic. And did you ever find yourself going to pick up an antigen kit and thinking, God, wouldn't you love it if you were in that business? Because that's where the money is now. Antigen kits, PCR tests, 
um, face masks, uh, the, the hand sanitizers, like things you just kind of go, imagine only two years ago they thought, oh, I don't know if this business is worth being in. And now you're going, they can't get enough of us. So this has resulted in 20 new billionaires. The majority of their money came from products related uh, to the pandemic, COVID-19 testing kits, personal protective equipment. If you're in that game, and you were ahead of the curve, you, you've made your money. According to the non-government organisation, that is to say Oxfam, uh, 140 million people throughout the continent lost their jobs during the pandemic, uh, which represented a staggering rise in inequality in Asia as a result of jobs lost and yet 20 new billionaires. Um, that's the cut and thrust of capitalism, of course. Um, I was watching the Dancing with the Stars last night also, um, leaping, leaping, and uh, from Dublin Castle to Ardmore Studios. And, well, I have to say, they, they all had a good crack at it. Uh, Billy McGuinness, good sport. Angus McGarina, also Matthew McNabb. But I think if you were a betting person, you'd be looking towards Jordan Conroy and Erica Cody and Ellen Keane as, as uh, runners and riders for the, for, the, uh, for the top prize at Dancing with the Stars, albeit in the first, they were the first two weeks now. They start, I think the voting starts, it starts getting into Hunger Games with sequins next week, doesn't it? Uh, somebody starts getting kicked out and uh, that's when the, the real fun begins, as long as you're not in it. Uh, but yeah, that was, it was a good show last night and uh, it's, it's a lovely splash of colour in a, in a, in a grey world. Um, so well done to everyone for that, enjoyed that immensely. Uh, back to history again and the National Library of Ireland, one of the great institutions in this country, has digitalized or digitized tens of thousands of items that tell the story of the years 1913 to 23. So we're right in the middle of that, uh, as such, at the tail end of that. And the funding comes from Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts, Gaeltacht, Sport and Media. And it's part, with the first strand of their Revealing History initiative, they're highlighting the stories of four individuals who are central to the events in 1922 in Ireland. And it's brilliant because it brings uh, history alive through the National Library collections. So there you can watch short videos on Kathleen Clark and Arthur Griffith and Hannah Sheehy, Scaffington and Austin Stack. Uh, so you head to NLI. That's where you find National uh, Library of Ireland. There's so much, um, so much there and bringing, as they say, all that beautiful history alive. I watched a documentary, a strange documentary on... I want to say strange, a strange choice, but I couldn't... Uh, once I started, I was well into it called The Human Factor. And this was a documentary about... Um, negotiating peace in the Middle East. And you think, God, that sounds like crack. But actually, it was strangely very, very interesting and really well done. And uh, Yasser Arafat and, and Yitzhak Rabin and Shimon Peres and all these uh, people from history that you'd know. And then the people, not so much, the behind-the-scenes diplomats. And that's what it was. It's a documentary about diplomacy and reading a room and how small, incidental thing to you might be the difference between a, a peace process falling apart to somebody else and it was beautifully made it's called The Human Factor and that is um, it's on Netflix as it happens but also because of us and our island's history and recent peace the language and it was around the same same time the language you, you, you could hear coming out of their peace process uh, whether it was Oslo or Cairo or wherever uh, the parity of esteem the uh, uh, constructive ambiguity do you remember these expressions that you'd have heard as we were trying to uh, to negotiate our own uh, delicate peace process back in the 90s uh, but that's called the human factor that comes with a great recommendation as well um, Teresa says I agree with you about that ceremony in Dublin it was dignified and appropriate it really was it was pitch Perfect. Uh, so well done to whoever put that all together. Uh, Mary says, uh, morning, Ryan. Yes, Phelan Drew was brilliant. It was done so well. Congratulate, congratulations to all concerned. I agree with there. So that was good stuff. 
And Rob says that in the Topaz in Kiltiernan, we had to wait ages as a guy paid for €3,000 worth of lottery tickets. I was beginning to think the story I heard might have been an urban myth, but it's obviously €3,000. And that's what I'm saying to you. And then there's one on a quick pick. After all that, uh, Kate Moss was 48 over the weekend and she had her, her had a party. She, she, she knows how to party and good on her. And her boyfriend is Count Nikolai von Bismarck. And, and, and I said to the lads, is, is he as in Bismarck, Prussia, uh, 19th century? And they went, sure enough, they checked it out. And uh, there he is. Yeah, she, she is, he is completely related. So uh, from when I say b- the, the boyfriend... Nikolai von Bismarck is the boyfriend of Kate Moss's daughter, I should clarify. So Kate Moss's daughter, Leela Grace, is 19 and um, Count Bismarck is 25. So they went out and then, who did this today? It's probably the uh, the male, uh, put together some of the great birthday parties of Kate Moss. And you can nearly tell when what era we're talking about by the guest list. So he was 21 and there she is with Johnny Depp and then she was on her 30th and Sadie Frost was a guest. So you can... And then for her 33rd, she went on a 24-hour booze fuel bender with uh, Pete Doherty. Uh, she, that's um, her boyfriend at the time. And then for her 34th, it was Kelly Osborne and David Williams. And then a 35th, a four-day bender with Abby Clancy and Peter Crouch. And then a Bowie theme for her 42nd with Boy George playing there. And then 45th, a bit classier, with Stella McCartney and Charlotte Tilbury and Liv Tyler and so on. So there you are, a little, a little uh, history uh, tiptoed through the uh, modern pop culture years uh, courtesy of Kate Moss's birthdays. Um, in the cinema news uh, from um, across the Atlantic, certainly, uh, Spider-Man, the latest one, has been knocked off the top spot by a film that got slammed by all the critics I read this weekend. We read pretty much all the papers this weekend. And the critics all hated Scream, which is a... I see they're using the word, it's a requel. I've heard of prequels obviously in sequels, but a requel. I'd need to get a dictionary definition uh, on that. Um, but Scream uh, is has knocked Spider-Man off. It's a, this is just one of those things. The critics will say, this film is terrible. I'm not watching it. I'm not going to encourage you to watch it. And people say, we don't care. We want to see Scream. And off they go and they fill it. Uh, Sing 2 uh, is in the mix there as the more one of the more popular films uh, this weekend. And uh, there's another film that was slammed, The 355. That's, that's in the top... Uh, five as well and The King's Man is in there at number five so that's for, for movie lovers listening in this morning and John Lind uh, who wrote songs for Earth, Wind and Fire and Madonna and others passed away at the weekend at the age of 73 but the song that jumped out at me for for uh, people of my vintage will know that he wrote Crazy For You by Madonna so that gentleman passed away which was a, it was a good one of her better songs I think and The Seven Hottest Years on Record on the planet Earth were the last seven years. So if you're wondering about climate change, <laughs> the seven hottest on record were in the last seven years. Uh, now, on the subject of the centenary of the handover of Dublin Castle, it is definitely on the RT players. Just search uh, centenary of the handover. Dublin. You're, you're banging the, the correct appropriate words or variations thereof and you will find yourself there for about an hour of just beautiful um, history and... Um, appropriate music and sights and so on I think you'll really like it uh, Loved Billy uh, on Dance with the Stars and his partner Hannah Kelly says uh, Team Banana Hannah as they call themselves yes of course uh, because uh, Billy as he was telling us when he was in here it was the oldest 
uh, dancer and Hannah is the youngest so they were uh, now dancing away together and they did a, a lovely job on it uh, and I must say the other night or last night so well done to them I agree says another from Mary who's a retired teacher uh, it was superb on the handover we can do things really well in Ireland and we could be really proud of those who do the job well done to all concerned yeah I'm glad to hear that so many of you were because it was a kind of obscure time to be watching TV and um, yet once you turned it on it was very hard to, to look away because it was that good um, okay, five one five five one. We got an, a number of emails in over the weekend in relation to events of last Thursday and Friday in this country. And of course, I'm talking about Ashley Murphy's um, awful uh, murder in Tullamore. And uh, let me just give you one or two. This email that came in uh, says, Dear Ryan, I've never written into a radio show before, but tonight I've been compelled to do so. I'm a 29-year-old woman and a teacher in an all-girls secondary school and this evening my 26-year-old sister rang me as she got off her bus at around 10 o'clock and she'd been harassed by a middle-aged man on her way home. And this is not a new occurrence by any means, but it just felt different. Almost the entire country still bears the weight of Ashley Murphy's tragic death, yet still these men are not understanding what we're shouting and have been shouting for a long time. It started by him approaching her at the bus stop, innocent at first, and then slowly starting to change course. She was uncomfortable and used COVID as an excuse to ask him to step back uh, to no avail. The bus came, he got on and sat beside her, trapping her on the inside seat. He started asking personal questions and told her she was beautiful. At this stage, she plucked up the courage to tell him he was making her uncomfortable. It didn't stop there. He proceeded to ask if she had a boyfriend and she answered by saying she was gay and hoped this would finally stop him. She was wrong. It got worse and he told her she was a dirty bitch, among other disgusting sexual comments. She told him... She didn't want to talk anymore and put her earphones in. And he responded by asking her to shake his hand and that he meant no harm. She said no. And he insisted. So she did. And the panic was rising as it got closer to her stop and he was still beside her. But she was lucky as he got off just before she did. And then she rang me. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm confused. I'm terrified of what may happen to me, happen to my sisters, happen to my friends, happen to the hundreds of girls I teach. My heart is heavy. And that from um, a listener who says this has to stop and wrote that uh, last night at, I'm looking at the time there, half 11 um, and just fed up and upset and furious. And uh, that is, it's the intimidation, isn't it? And it just feels awful. So thank you for taking the, the, the time and the trouble to write to us with that. Another came in to say from my Wendy. I was speaking with you on your radio show in September 2020, having walked from Malinhead to Mizenhead in aid of women's aid. And I did the walk because I was appalled at the increase in domestic abuse during the pandemic lockdown. My mother was a victim of domestic violence. My father was a violent alcoholic. And the reason I'm writing to you now is because, like everybody, I was very upset by the murder of Ashley Murphy in Tullamore and was thinking of her as I went for a walk on Thursday. I was listening to the coverage of the murder on the radio through my earphones and I was walking on the quay in Wexford on a beautiful day about 4.40 and I was walking on a part of the quay that was it has an out and a back bit like an arm and I walked by an older couple a couple of men chatting two youngsters in their late teens one on a scooter uh, one walking and as I approached the end of the pier where I could turn to walk back the same way the youngster on the scooter came up behind me coming so close I could feel almost the touch on my left shoulder and he swooped in front of me he stopped and he eyeballed me and I eyeballed him back 
and then he scooted away. It was sheer intimidation. At the young age of maybe his teens, he was threatening and intimidating me. I'm 60 year, nearly 61 years old. I'm not a pretty young woman, and this has nothing to do with age or beauty or dress. It's to do with power, intimidation and threat. And this is where it starts. Some young lad can think he can threaten a woman knowing nothing will happen and it escalates from there. I'm still shaken by this experience. And that uh, level of uh, vigilance and having to be on a constant state of alert was uh, expressed very well by our panel on uh, Friday night, uh, Nolene and Ellen and Emma. And um, as obviously reflected in a lot of emails that came in to Ryan at rte.ie. Uh, over the weekend. Thank you for those. Um, in other uh, thoughts, uh, text says the centenary of the handing over Dublin Castle was, as, as filmed by RTE, was just amazing. Wonderful job all con- by all concerned. Very moving, informative and my God, shouldn't we so, be so proud of our young army? We sure should. Uh, so well presented. It was excellent. I agree. And um, I posted a, a bit of a picture of that on Instagram yesterday because I was so impressed by it. And I noticed one of the army representatives' wives uh, got in touch to say that my husband was there and she was very proud. And I just thought, that's lovely that, that, that the families are looking and seeing their their own people represented there uh, on that beautiful stage. So well done to, to them all for that. Uh, text says, one final thing about the Dublin Castle ceremony yesterday, uh, but the number one army band, second to none with their rendition of Misha Era, it brought a tear to my eye. Misha Era, every time I hear it, it, it does that to me too. And, and it's just one of those pieces of music, even more so than the anthem in some ways uh, for different reasons. It's very moving and the army band were knockout yesterday. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Okay, back shortly. Five one five five one. Um, workers were meant to have. We're just reading this piece about going, but the working from home. I know a lot of you listening in this morning for the last uh, couple of years have been listening from your kitchen table or whatever uh, worktop you're on. But uh, workers were meant to have returned to the office by now, according to this piece this morning. Uh, the expectation might be early 2020. Was then was that uh, once the pandemic had ended, we'd all go back to the office. But that has not turned out to be the case. Two years on, employees around the world. Uh, continue to face ongoing uncertainty. Today, the idea that we'll all return to the office together again seems highly unrealistic. Some companies have already switched permanently. They've just said, let's leave it uh, straight to remote work or hybrid models. And then others may be holding out for staff to come back to their desks each delay, further entrenching flexible working patterns and rendering a full staff return less Likely, And I know that uh, I heard Claire saying there she's going to be talking about the great resignation. So uh, that'll chime with what this thing is saying here. Uh, the return to office date has died, says Nicholas Bloom, a professor of economics at Stanford University. Endless waves of COVID have left, le- led most CEOs to simply give up and instead set up contingent policies if, when and how to return to the office. But if we finally abandon the idea that there will ever be a day when we're all permanently back at our office desk. What should we expect uh, expect instead? And that is the question they're asking today. Um, they, I know this, certainly where, where we work, the, it, it's, it's essential, pretty much uh, staff only working on the live programmes like this. Um, but you, would, you, do, you do see vast swathes of desks, empty desks and... Uh, a very un, unbusy canteen or what have you and it, you missed I, I definitely missed the buzz of, of people around the place and even on a Friday night and uh, I would much rather a, 
the workplace busy again. But if it doesn't work and it doesn't suit and things have changed, so be it. Uh, definitely was a great ceremony on Sunday, says Sean. But it's sad a hundred years later that the people in the six counties are still not part of the country. I'm not one of your mad flag, flag-waving Republicans. But the dream of Michael Collins that 1922 was a stepping stone has not been achieved. Although notice you miss you, you you choose not to use the word yet in your text, which is one I would have added uh, because uh, I would imagine it's a matter of time. Yeah, we'll leave there for now. Claire Byrne standing by. Stay tuned for her and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.